want to speak this morning on a judge in the Bible. The Bible, the Bible speaks about him, and he's got a very interesting name, Samson. Anybody heard about him? Yes? Now I know all these young people, and I've got also young men as grandsons, and you know what they like to do? They go in the morning where to? Prayer meeting? No? They go to the gym. What are they doing there? Fun? I wouldn't go there. But what, what is the reason? They want to build up the body. And they call it bodybuilding. And uh, so I'm... I'm Glad the Lord gave me this body I have now. And I'm praising the Lord. I feel very well in my body. I don't have to be like this here, like this here. And also, everything is being built up. But this man had a little problem, and there was a big problem. He was a carnal judge. Carnality there was this problem. And when I thought about it and prayed about it and studied about it, so I want to read a scripture. You know the scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. There's his name being named amongst others as well. And now I want to turn to Judges chapter 13, the verses 1. Two, three. Now the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord, so that the Lord gave them into the hands of the Philistines forty years. There was a certain man of Sora, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Nao Manoah. And his wife was barren and had borne no children. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold now, you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and give birth to a son. And we know this story further. And the name of the son was Samson. And interesting, the Bible speaks about him. Actually, what is the remarkable thing in his life? Not his muscles. The remarkable thing was this. He was carnal. He was to be actually a judge in Israel to judge the people of God. And I tell you, he himself, he failed Miserable. A servant of God is only as strong as his personal life is and his private life. So that's why it's important. If you are a wife of a pastor, watch his life. What's his life? I read about. David Wilkerson, I don't know what the title of the book was, and a preacher's wife 
wrote to him and said, I don't know what's happening to my husband. When, I, when he goes into his study, he is there for long. And his spiritual power has not taken up. He is so lukewarm. He has got no power. And then she said, then I watched and went into the study. He was watching palms. What you expected of a pastor? That's why it's important every when, every man who wants to serve the Lord, it's important that we follow the Lord Jesus Christ and our personal life is important. Is important. Now, David Wilkerson, we know him. He is a very, or was a very strong man. And this man saw very clearly there's only one thing, and that is repentance for this pastor and giving away and smashing everything of that kind. If you want to walk and live for Jesus, you have to destroy all these things. But it shouldn't be in your possession in the first place at all. Hallelujah. And now I want to preach this morning on Samson, a carnal judge in Israel. He wants to be a judge in Israel and then also a good example for Israel at all. Now, we have seen it in, in, the life of, in, in our life over and over again that so-called great preachers, great preachers, well-known, world-well-known preachers died suddenly. And then all of a sudden, people come up with stories. What stories were they often? Stories of carnality and sinful things. These men lived and after their death, the old works of sin followed there. Actually, good works should follow them. Good works should follow. And that people can say, he was a man of God. Oh, how did he pray? How did he preach the word of God? and how powerful his ministry was. That is what actually should follow each for each pastor and minister. And this only can if our private life is right with God. Simpson, he had power, physical power. I didn't want to compare myself with him if there would be a picture how big this man was and his muscles, biceps, and all that stuff, the young guys in the gym try to build up. You know, the best gym is on your knees. That's the best gym. And there you pray, and that's where the victories are going to come. And that's where your spiritual muscles are being built out, up. Now, we heard these stories over and over again of so-called world 
known pastors or preachers, let their bad works follow them, and they come out like worms out of the ground. And somebody asked me about some, someone recently. He said, what do you think? Is he in heaven? What do you think? Is he in heaven? What do you think? I said, it's not important what I, I think. But one thing I can say, and that's what the Bible says clearly. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, Pursue peace with all men and what sanctification without no one will see the Lord. Doesn't matter what his name is. Doesn't matter how famous he was or is. That's what the Bible says. And I believe everything we do must fill or must match up with what the Bible says. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, 8, Blessed are they what pure in heart, for they what shall see God. Would you like to see God? Anybody here who would like to see God? I want to like to see God. And that's why it's so important this morning that we understand it and where the Lord shows us where we're short, that we might change our life style, not just the attitude, our lifestyle. That's something very important. You will change it from that moment on where the Spirit of God shows you this doesn't fit for a Christian or a servant of the Lord. Get rid of it. The Revelation chapter 19 verse 8, and we read about the bride of the Lamb. Do you know what the bride of the Lamb of God looks like? Do you want to know what, what the bride looks like? I want to know. And I want to be one day when the time comes in that group of white clothed souls. Revelation 19.8. It was given to her, that's the bride of the Lamb, it's what given to her to clothe herself self in linen, bright and oh, it's up there, bright and clean and clean. For the fine linen is the what does it say there? Oh, can we have it? Oh, that's in uh, Revelation nineteen eight. I'm sorry, I didn't announce it perhaps. Too clear. Now, what is the line, the white and clean linen? Can you buy it at Myers? No. What does it say there? The fine linen is the righteous acts of the saint. Any saints here this morning? I'm a saint. Washed in the blood of the Lamb as we heard this morning very clearly. Now, what is their white and clean linen? The righteous acts of the saints. In other words, don't ask me whether he or she or the man of God, when his bad deeds follow him, 
That's what the Bible says. And their works will follow them. If something like that comes out, what would you say? Say, oh, he is in heaven. He is in heaven. I am not judging whether somebody is in heaven or not. But at least the ones who are in heaven, they have white and clean linen. And these white and clean linens are the righteous acts of the saints. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Are we saints this morning? Can we find saints here this morning? I am a saint. Anyone here? Now this is, this is what we wear. The righteous acts of the saints. Hallelujah. And that's so important. And if what we live here, it will come out one day, at least before the throne of God. Samson he was a Nazarite, dedicated to the Lord, to God, from birth on. In a certain way, we are Nazarites as well, since our new birth. Since our new birth, we have our lives dedicated to the Lord. That's a Nazarite. Any Nazarites here this morning? You? There's one. And here's another one. Hallelujah. I have dedicated my life to the Lord when I got born again and when Jesus came into my heart. Oh, what a joy. What a new life. And my life is dedicated to the Lord. We read very clearly, and the apostle wrote it to Titus. And he said there in Titus 2, 11 and 12, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires, to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in what time? Once in heaven. In what time? In this present age. Hallelujah. Are there still saints around? I believe. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter what a church has on the building, all saints or whatever. I want to see these things God is looking for. The righteous acts of the saints. If, if you have a girl in your family, and girls are very special on their clothes, and that girl got a wonderful white dress for her for her birthday. Now, what was she looking for? If you throw mud at her, would she be happy? Would she be happy? No, why not? It ruins the whole nice dress. 
And that's what, what the Bible says. The fine linen are the righteous deeds. Can we bring forth righteous deeds compared to our old deeds, which were just rags of our own works? But now through the blood of Jesus, we have been cleansed and we have new life through Jesus Christ. And now this grace by which we have been saved is doing something. The grace of God doesn't sit on our head and doesn't do anything. The grace of God is doing something. Don't tell me if there was no change and you're not walking in the new life that you call yourself, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian, and if somebody would point out to you, and I tell you, the world knows better how we Christians should live than many, 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 many Christians themselves. The world knows better, and if they see something you are not doing right as a, a child of God, they would say, well, and you? You call yourself a Christian? I tell you, that would hurt. Could you imagine that? That would hurt. That would hurt. I wouldn't take the name of Christian in my mouth for myself any longer. That would hurt. Why? People don't see that new life in you, and that's so important. This new life has come forth. Now, Samson, as I said, he was a Nazarite. And in one way, we have been born again, not to the old flesh. And that's what Jesus is trying to explain to this man there in chapter 3, John Nicodemus. You must be born again. And there's no greater experience than to be born again by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah! I've got a new life in Jesus Christ. Can you rejoice about it? Oh, hallelujah. Live. Live in this new life. And this new life has a new dress, and this where they wear the white and clean linen of the saints. Hallelujah. And that's what God wants. And that's why what it says in Titus 2. It says clearly that we should put all these ungodly things aside. And we're sitting looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Many, many years ago, we had some people that didn't understand and didn't want to understand the Trinity at all. And these people said, well, we don't believe in the Trinity. But here it says very clearly, what is Jesus being called? We are waiting for the, or looking for the blessed hope and the appearing 
of the glory of our great what? Great who? Great who? God! Who is this great God? Jesus, hallelujah. He is going to come. And if, if you don't believe in eternity, this is a clear point. I'm waiting for Jesus Christ, the great God and Savior, hallelujah. Now, although Samson was a lion king, killer, he was going out with his father and mother, and uh, then a young lion. And what I learned, uh, I don't know everything, but some things I know. Who are the ones who go to kill from the lion? Do you know that? Who are the lions who go to kill for the lion family? The lioness. These are mainly the ones who go. And they're coming a lioness towards Samson. And something I realized as well, and it says there, in Judge 14, 5 and 6. Then Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came as far as the vineyard of Timnah. And behold, a young lion came roaring towards him. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily. But my Bible has got a footnote. And the Spirit of God came rushing upon him. Came rushing upon him. There was something wonderful. Do you remember chapter 6 in or chapter uh, 2 in, in X? And all of a sudden there was what? They were all to, to, together. A rushing wind. Who was this rushing wind? The Spirit of God. And we see something, something when he met this lion. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God came up him. And it says in my Bible, rushed upon him. There was a mighty, perhaps, storm. I, I don't know what to say. It came upon him. The Spirit of God. Now, God doesn't tolerate sin. Does God tolerate sin? Anybody here should we decide this morning, yes or no? Are we able to decide, yes or no? Does God tolerate sin? My wife is right. You are right. Anybody else? Anybody else who could say no? No! God doesn't tolerate sin. You know what happened? Who God would be then? If God would tolerate sin, on what side would he be? And that's impossible, totally impossible. 
God doesn't tolerate sin. He would be accomplice with Satan. That's why sin is for God the impossible, unimaginable thing he would and could tolerate. Neither should you tolerate sin. If there's sin sneaking into your life, in the name of Jesus, stand up against it. Now we see here, Samson came, and he didn't run when this young lion came towards him, roaring, it says. Oh, if we hear the roaring, we are scared already. Anybody who has been in a zoo and have watched the lions, and if a lion is roaring, oh, I tell you what, that scares you. Now, and this lion was roaring, coming towards him, wanted to attack him. And then the Spirit of God came rushing on him. Now he stood there in the power of God. That's the way you should stand. I should stand. And we all should stand. God does not tolerate sin. Nor should you tolerate sin. And if there's sin in your life, what is the way? If you're not right with a brother or sister, what's the, what's the solution? Bring them up and say, can we have together a coffee? Huh? Can we have together a coffee? No! Coffee doesn't wash away your sin. You can meet in a house or wherever and you go on your knees and confess your sin or what you have against your brother and sister, whatever. Not can we have a coffee. No, can we have a prayer. Can we speak to each other and bring on the table the things which were separating you. And what does the Bible say? And if we sin, we have an advocate before the Father. And the blood of Jesus, his Son, will cleanse us from all sin. If people only would understand if sin has ruined a relationship between you and somebody else, don't have coffees. Come to the cross. Kneel before him. And if we confess our sins, then he is righteous and judge to forgive our sins. You don't need any sugar, sugar and milk in that coffee. Coffee doesn't heal anything, but the blood of Jesus cleanses. And then you're standing there like the, the saints in heaven with these wonderful, clean, and white garments.
And that is what the Lord will do. And that's what God wants to do in our life, too. Now, since in any case, listen what I say. You might get it right. Sin, in any case, lead to death. Is that right? In any case. What about the Christian? Those who believe in God, those who believe in God have been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And it's very interesting. Ezekiel 18, read through 21 to 25. If this wouldn't send a shiver on your spine, what else would? What else would? But if the wicked man turns from all his sins, which he has committed, and observe all my statutes and practices justice and righteousness, he shall surely what? He shall surely what? He shall surely live, hallelujah. Even the most wicked person in the whole world, when he comes and turns to God and accepts what's happened on the cross for his sin, whatever that sin might have been, he shall surely live. Hallelujah. He shall surely live. Is it really so? Oh, it is amazing grace. John Newton wrote this wonderful, wonderful hymn. His story was known. He was a seafarer. He was a, somebody who mocked God and didn't want to know anything but he. One day he came to the realization, amazing grace, when he understood that Jesus Christ died for him. Now that's one part there in Ezekiel 18, 21, 22. All his transgressions which he has committed will not be remembered against him. Oh, hallelujah. 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 All your sins and all your transgressions, you did, God has forgiven. God can remember them no more. And even if you would say, oh God, do you remember that day, what I did? And the Spirit of God said, what was it? God said, what was it? God remembers it no more. What a God. What a grace of God. Now, and this grace of God is active in our life. And if this grace of God is not active in your life, do you must have it. Say, Lord, Give me this grace, or be gracious to me. Forgive me. And in verse 23, but when the righteous man turns away from his righteousness, commits iniquity, and does according to all the abominations 
that a wicked man does, will he live? That's what the prophet asked. Will he live then? If a righteous would turn away from the Lord and does all these abominations, the wicked man does, does will he live? And the Bible says, all his righteous deeds, which he has done, will not be remembered. As God doesn't remember the sins of the wicked who turns to the Lord and turns away from the wicked ways, God doesn't remember that sin or the sins anymore. Neither will God remember the righteousness of somebody who turns away from God and entertains sin in his life. Samson, he was carnal-minded. And his carnal-mindedness brought him to destruction. Samson died with his enemies. Jesus said a very important word. I think it's in John chapter 9. You know this blind man and all the other people would say, no, 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 no. He was a sinner. We know that. And he didn't went to Bible college, this blind man. He said, funny, funny. All I know that God doesn't hear the sinner. And you are telling me that Jesus is a sinner? No, God doesn't hear the sinner. And he said, oh, he's a sinner. And Jesus met this man, this blind-born man who received his sight. And the Pharisees wanted to tell him Jesus is a sinner because this man gave glory to Jesus and all of a sudden envy came up in their life. And that's why they spoke that way. He is a sinner. Funny. One thing I know that God doesn't hear the sinner. And praying or healing my eyes, that's what I say now, is a wonderful thing. And they couldn't handle him, push him out. Go away. You are born in sin and you will teach us. You see, is something in Judges. And we'll read Judges 15, 23, 24. Samson finally was caught. All the lies he told before to Delilah didn't work. 
but finally they caught him. And there was a great feast what the Philistine made. A great, great feast to the God of Dagon. You know what? They brought him, you know this story, they brought him to the temple of Dagon. And the interesting thing, he ended up in the wrong temple. He ended up in the wrong temple. I can't give any guarantee to anyone if you stay in your sins and persist in your sins and walk in your sins. You might up in the wrong temple. Gee, Samson was now becoming the laughing stock for a feast of Dagon. And we know what he did. He was now in the wrong temple. Now the lords of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon their God and to rejoice for they said our God has given Samson in our hand our enemy in our hand. When the people saw him they praised their God for they said our God has given our enemy in our hand. Samson blind, his both eyes were gouged out, bound in chains, stood there on the top of the temple, and there were two pillars. And the boy who let him said, Show me the pillars the house is on. And he felt with the right hand, and then, oh, yeah, there's a good position. He reached out to the other head, other thing. And then he said something, and you should read here. And Samson said, Let me die with thee. Let me die with thee. Philistines. All of a sudden, when it came to dying, was he on the Believing side or unbelieving side? Let me die with the Philistines, these uncircumcised. Let me die with them. And we find it in verse 30. I don't want to die with the world. I want to die in the Lord. Hallelujah. That's why each night I kneel down at my bed and thank the Lord. And I know this night is going to be a wonderful rest. I'm resting in 
his hands. I'm not dying or being condemned with the world. He said, let me die with the Philistines. All his faith in God was gone. And I, don't ask me whether he went to heaven. Don't ask me. This is one one of the hardest questions to answer. Was she in Christ? Yes. Then he is in heaven. Are you in Christ? Yes. Then you will go to heaven. Hallelujah. Don't harbor any favor sin in your life. Whatever it might be, I don't know. The Spirit of God is here. And he shows you what it is. He shows you what it is. And if the Spirit of God convicts you on something or anything, he puts out to you. Bring it to the cross. Bring it to the cross. Hallelujah. Samson, Samson, although he was a Nazarite, a dedicated man, he had no great hope. He had no great hope. Samson's death was to me a kind of spiritual suicide. Let me die with the Philistine. I don't want to go with the world or being condemned with the world. I don't want it. I'm looking for Jesus who is coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that day the rapture might be very, very soon. I'm watching the situation in Israel. And many with me believe that Jesus could come very soon. It could come very soon that the rapture will be there. I don't know, but I want to go with the Lord. Don't want you to go with the Lord. I want to go. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you also this morning. Lord, we thank you that you showed us that we can't afford being carnally minded, but that we must be spiritually minded, walking with you. If anybody is here, Lord Jesus, you could have you spoke to him or her. I pray, Lord Jesus, lay your hand upon this person. Do you work of the Spirit in every individual of us in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.